You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. Welcome to Use Your Delusion 2. On side 3 and 4, Dan, Adam, and I continue our look back at the friends we made and amazing time we had during South Carolina's premier fan fest, SC Comic Con, while turning an optimistic eye to the future of fandom conventions. Dirt Reynolds and Davey, the good Dr. Adams, gun him down with a dose of Coke Wolf, while our resident Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, Beth and Kavika, discuss a very different cannonball run. We head down underneath the Aussie Kiwi Divide with JT Wheatley. Mark and the gang dish about our exclusive inside info on Avatar 3, and Anthony leads a valiant effort to salvage Lightning Lad's receding hairline. Plus, Sexy Thor hosts a very touching and personal edition of WTLK The Thunder. At this point in the intro, I'm supposed to refer to my husband as Lightning Lad and something about rolling thunder. Look, if I'm not going to call him Lightning Lad in bed, which he's constantly begging me to do, creepy, then I'm sure as hell not calling him that on the air. He also asked me to reference the Guns N' Roses song November Rain as part of this whole gimmick, but <laughs> that's stupid. Honey, you just need to stop deluding yourself and accept the fact that this is a podcast, not K-Rock, and just start the damn show. Thunder Talk. So for the first several weeks leading up to the Mark Mina Mark's debut uh, at the uh, Miami International Sci-Fi Film Festival, my hair was on fleek, and I'm not sure if the kids are calling that that anymore. But I, I figured probably out back, not, old man. Probably, <laughs> pr- probably not, Grandpa. If you have to ask, my me, hair, yeah. my, you never know. It my was hair was lit. looking great. My my hair was looking so lit, and backlighting was the key. And then when we had to get on the cam for the festival. Um, not so much. It was looking pretty, uh, you know, like a rock star who used to be a rock star, but now me and half of the original band tour like Native American casinos. (laughs) It's the Hootie and the Blowfish reunion tour. Yeah, exactly. Without, without, without Hootie. Mm. Yeah. No, well, you got you got to use that that fake spray that uh, you know that, that powder spray that catches like every <laughs> fine hair. Oh yeah, that that infomercial like chia hair. Yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hey everybody, we're gonna be firing a Patreon soon, and it won't be for the show. It'll be to hey, <laughs> let's get Dan's hair, hair, hair fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Let's get yeah. Dan a hair piece. Oh my. Yeah. That's God. a sponsor I, we need. Hair. Thunder Talk brought to you by Hair Cult for Men. I'm not just a member, but I'm also a listener. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you. Uh, so during their rehearsals and going back and forth with the sci-fi uh, Miami uh, uh, festival, like I noticed that Dan's hair was looking different, but I didn't want to. Was I didn't want to say anything. And then at the end of the record, you know, he was talking to me about backlighting, and I'm like. I'm so glad you said something because I knew that your hair looked fuller 
and different, but I just couldn't figure out like, how did he do it? <laughs> and, and what is his secret? Because I need those secrets. <laughs> Mark's like, exactly how many lights did you have behind you, Dan? Taking notes. The next step's the green screen. We'll get a green screen and have Dan have his long, luxurious hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, like right. like one of my favorite Powerpuff Girls episodes is uh, the one where they switch bodies, and the mayor is so happy to have hair that he's he ha- he's combing his hair, he's brushing his hair, he's blow drying his hair, and it's just like I said, a bald man wrote that scene for sure. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Had to. Uh... See, because me, I'm like, huh? Like, why would, why would, it's uh, just hair, right? But no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what, Anthony? Are you being all like, that was like a low-key way of being like, well, I got hair. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it somewhere <laughs> else. Don't worry. Fine. I, I'm going to get yeah. it somewhere else. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll donate. Are... I will donate. I will donate Anthony's hair to you. like, oh, what? I don't understand. What's you'll, the you'll, problem, guys? Yeah, right. You'll, you'll donate to Locks of Dan. Yes, yeah, yeah. Awesome. it grows fast. It'll, I'll give it. I'll give you some. I'm I, I'm not fucking around. I'm waiting for that for that in the mail. So nobody nobody mentioned it, right? Nobody mentioned it during the stream. Like, hey, I don't know. His hair is it disappearing as we're watching this? I mean, nobody said that. <laughs> no, Kavika. Nobody fucking said that <laughs> because that would be rude. Damn. That would be good entertainment, right there. That would be hilarious. Savage. No, 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 no. This, this, this is good entertainment. That would have been fucking humiliating. Big difference. Hey, you see that comic book right there? One says, uh, the Star Wars one that says Return of the Jedi? I think so. I see. Right under Captain America? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was back when uh, the first time Star Wars was with Marvel. And... When I was a kid, they released the Return of the Jedi series in comic book form. Mm-hmm. And I took all four issues and I cut the back off of issue one. And I completely removed the cover off of two and three. And then cut the cover off of issue four and stapled them together like it was my own, like... Cause I was thinking, Graphic novel, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You're beating that system, that, the, that big graphic novel. I don't know, I can't... I don't have a catchier name for it, like Big Pharma, like Big Graphic Novel. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I hear you. Yeah, it's like on one hand, I was keeping it all in one place, easy to read, and uh, it has, like, no value, like aftermarket <laughs> value, just like a graphic novel, right? Right. Let's go, uh, there's some Ghostbusters over here. Let's check them out. Yeah. Well, we are pleased and privileged to be speaking with Gary right now here, part of the South Carolina Ecto-1 group representing here at sc comic-con gary how you doing we're doing good brother how about you oh doing great man thanks for asking thanks for asking so i'm looking at a couple of ecto ones yes sir you got an inflatable stay puff going yes sir why don't you tell us about uh, about your rig uh, your cosplay your your uh, everything you've brought out for the people here well what, what we brought this year is just sort of a a gathering of everything of our hobbies uh i'm a car guy and my friend here, Brandon Martin, he is a he is an artist. So all the sketches and all the sculpts and things are, are his handiwork, and all the cars are my handiwork. And we sort of bring our talents together, and this is what you come up with. So it, it's just a lot of fun, man. 
Oh, these cars are beautiful. So you've the Ecto one you got going here. So how did you get your hands on it, restore it, soup it up? I found that car uh, about 10 years ago. It was sitting in a guy's backyard, uh, back in a field, sitting down on the ground. And she was rusted out and uh, I thought it was a little too rough, but my oldest son, who was five at the time, said, Dad, that's it, you gotta have it. Right. So we, we brought it home, I bought it from him, and seven years later, here we are. Beautiful restoration job. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, go go creep our Facebooks. You'll be seeing pictures of this. So you're you're not just here for fun. No. We're working for a charity. Yes, sir. We're working for a purpose. What tell us about that? What we like to do is every time we come out in force like this with this many people, that is an opportunity to make a big difference for one person. So we pick one person out of our community that that is you know been along our path that we find or come in contact with that's going through hard times, and every dime that we make this weekend is going directly to them. And this year, it's the Ollie Gowan family, a four-year-old who is uh, who is battling cancer, and uh, he was actually up here yesterday. He's go been going through treatments for uh, 13 months. And he's doing good, but it's been a tremendous strain on that family. So we want to do all we can to help. Well, that's beautiful, man. No, we, we, we appreciate you. The community, that means a lot. That's a big deal. How, how can people support beyond the convention? How well, can people find you on the Internet and, and, the and lend a hand? find us is on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and it's just the South Carolina Ecto-1 and all the information on the who we're trying to help, who we're trying to support, what we're going to do next, and what we're just getting into for fun all that information is right there all right well hey gary my man thank you so much for what yeah, you do it was a pleasure man it was a pleasure thank you right on yeah speaking of perspective uh it's been so long since i've been running around with a microphone that i'm a little nervous like we're rolling up on people you know a I little know. embarrassed like i used to be years ago i know like it was here like like late 2019 we were just like smooth pro whatever about it and now we're just like oh we're actually uh, back in the saddle now this is no longer a pipe dream we <laughs> oh yeah no no this this is no tournament this is for real you know and i i have no uh i have no sense of pride you know <laughs> and i'm still a little like oh uh, uh, hey i'm from the eso Hello. network and we have a show called thunder talk and would you like to talk on thunder talk in eso network yeah it's a lot of words there's a lot of words. Yeah, I gotta gotta get back to gotta get back to that streamline in it. In Mother Russia, ESO networks you, commercial. I messed that up. Shit. Hashtag try again, Dan. Welcome to Doctor Geek's laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it. Creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. The second shot hit me pretty hard too. Ron's only had the first shot already and he said he hasn't really felt right. He said he's been kind of off. It's uploading new coding into his DNA, just yeah. like all mm -hmm. of us. 
I can All actually right. tell the future now. You can what? <laughs> I said I can actually tell the future now. Oh, yeah. Melissa's like her eyes dilated out and turned purple three, four weeks ago. You ever see the movie Dune? Like the David Lynch? <laughs> like 1980, uh, whatever? I, I tried to watch that movie years ago. I just couldn't get it. Maybe yeah. it was hey, Sting no. in those weird shorts. <laughs> and, and yet it was one of my father's favorite movies. That explains a lot, right? I, I think it's I think it's a lot of people's favorite movies, but it was I think I think Ron likes that movie too, but I just couldn't like what is going on, right? <laughs> I tried reading the book when I was fourteen, and I stopped trying to read the book when I was fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of got a creepy vibe off of it, but you know, it was because I saw it as a child. And I was like, yeah, I need to find something else to do right now. Oh, well, like Dune, Dune made you be like, Ugh. Yes. <laughs> gave you the creeps? Yes, it gave me the creeps. Oh, wow. You should write a stern letter to your congressman about that. Because I, <laughs> I think this is, uh, I don't think you're the only one. I don't think you're the only one. There's a new one coming out. Hey, every once in a while, Thunder Talk talks about nerd, like current, other than WTLK. The current of nerds? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to talk about Dune, though. <laughs> Mark, do you want to talk about Dune? Hmm. Nope. No. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just know that Melissa either looks like she has like a tetanus infection or has been living on Arrakis. Because, yeah, she definitely sees the future after that uh, <laughs> vaccine. I was going to say March 23rd, 2025. <laughs> 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 it's like, what? You'll find out. <laughs> you'll find. You'll know. <laughs> right? <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. War. The war against the machines. Anyone who's not wearing one million sunblock is gonna have a really bad day. Hey, oh Terminator gosh. reference. Give us money, Terminator. Give us money, James Cameron. <laughs> you know he's got enough. Yeah, I think the third or fourth <laughs> Avatar movie should be called. Uh, or at least, you know, buy me a cup of coffee or something. As in, like, Avatar Part 3, buy me a cup of coffee or something? Yes. <laughs> yes. I am, dude, you know what? Hashtag Avatar 3, buy me a cup of coffee or something, everybody. <laughs> Let's fucking do this, okay? That's, Let's... A great, that's a great name. For, I'll go see that movie. I'd, I'd see it twice, dude. I'd see it twice in 3D. <laughs> I know we were just talking about the cannonball run. It, it actually made me think of something else, and I can't even... Mark and I were talking earlier, and we decided, like yesterday, that 70s Burt Reynolds, when he started getting the lines on his face, when he turned like 40, or maybe it was 30, but like 30 in the 70s was like 50 today. But you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? When, 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 he, when he started getting like a little craggy is when he yeah. was at his like prime sexiness. Oh, I, I yes. Cannonball Run is when Burt Reynolds was at his most Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I mean the the mustache and everything was yeah. the the most on fleek. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. I, I know people don't use that word anymore, but No, we talked like... about that last episode. Like fleek <laughs> is not fleek. It's what is it, Beth? What are we calling it now? Why are you asking me? I don't know. <laughs> Fire? No, that's fucking No. Way Fire's been around. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Spank. It's fucking spank. <laughs> it's, it's spank. 
it, it doesn't matter. Kids have some new saying, probably, that is, you know, that we're too, you know... It won't trickle down to us for another <laughs> month or two. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Until we see it, uh, until you show it to me on the TikTok or something. I know, like, clothes and gear is referred to as drip now. Shit's fucking drip, yo. <laughs> oh, yeah, respect the drip. See, I, I'm, I'm like, what? You, you need an IV? <laughs> you gotta hydrate, wrong? man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Did you go into the hospital? <laughs> but Cannonball Run, like, that was definitely peak Burt Reynolds. Definitely. You know. But so they, they did it. They did the Cannonball Run last year and they did the fastest speed ever. And it was like just over 25 hours, which is. Holy ins- shit. Coast to coast, right? Coast to coast in New York to L.A. You said it was an Audi and it had an extra gas tank and they had a yeah. whole running crew ahead of them finding out the best route, scoping out the cops, seeing what's going on. They, they rented helicopters. Oh, they, shit. They had people on forums like scoping out locations before. They had like four different radar systems like laser jammers all laser kinds of stuff jam- that's the name of our band dude that's it laser jammers one word yeah yeah i mean the average speed average speed coast to coast 110 miles an hour damn i mean just that it without getting you know without getting pulled over because the only way it's going to be successful is if you circumvent the police. No, it has. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I mean, I know California law that if you are in excess of 20 miles over the speed limit, the police officer is required to arrest you. Yeah, it's like reckless driving or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, how do you know that, Dan? Um, um, yeah, Dan. <laughs> you know, I've had my license suspended so many times in California. Hey, honey, remember how even in South Carolina, I was having some friction on all the money I owed California for <laughs> yeah. all of the vehicular infractions? Well, we both owed them, and it counted as a criminal record. Oh, my God. Yeah, Melissa, I love you so much. That's You're right. You and I were told partners in crime. We both had, like, we owed so much money. I owed them about $1,000. Okay, I owed them, like, $2,700. Something like that. Damn. $2,700. That's legitimate fugitives. This is after paying them what has to have been somewhere around nine, ten thousand dollars over the course of fifteen years. Yeah, that's a racket. For for twenty minutes after I got my license until (laughs) moving out here. People always ask, Dan, why the fuck did you move to South Carolina? Well, now everybody you know. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Johnny Law. Fugitives on the run from the law. Yeah. He's like, okay, we live on a coast. I like the coast. Yeah. We should live close to one again. Oh, shit. There's only one other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. No one will look for us in South Carolina. Who wants to go to South Carolina? <laughs> yeah, it's like the witness protection program. <laughs> you know, draw a line. We went 3,000 miles east. If you take that and shift it 90 degrees north, we could have been uh, pretty close to the Arctic. <laughs> Uh, the Arctic Ocean. <laughs> I, I've told Beth before. I was like, "Hey, babe, what if we move back to Alaska?" 
and she just kind of looks. Did you just say back to Alaska? Like back to Alaska? I've never lived there. I've lived there. North to Alaska. (laughs) North to Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's um, it's a different type of environment. It's a different culture. Anchorage is um, pretty urban. Yeah. As far as <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma City versus Anchorage. Oh, let's like Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City proper. I think we're under a million, and I think Anchorage proper is like three hundred and fifty thousand. I think I think I think Anchorage like uh, is wrestling with Fresno, California, for population and relevance. Yeah, it's it's not super big, but it's it's big enough to have like some tall buildings, so you know, like museums, you know, that kind of stuff. Riverside, California. You ever heard of Riverside? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, shit. You've also heard of Anchorage. <laughs> <laughs> but see, at least in Oklahoma City, we get some things. I mean, we don't get like every concert tour, but at least we get some. In Alaska, we're not getting shit. Straight up. DragonCon is 100% happening. Yeah, they're already talking to herd immunity by, by next month. The vaccine. Anyone can get it. It's out there. And I think we are more than on track for that to apply to DragonCon. Oh, he's and so uh, I would assume from seeing yesterday's number that we are getting more and more up there. I mean, they're selling the tickets. They're out there. They're available, everyone. DragonCon.com. <laughs> I think that's what they're calling it these days. Yeah, I technically already have my ticket because it's, that's carried over from last year. So. <laughs> Same. So just so you know, uh, for the the space lasers that are shooting down on us, the Illuminati and the chips that they're going to be inserting into me, I'll be running on the Moderna operating system. So if uh, as long as you have Pokemon Shuffle ported over to that, uh, and if there's at least a, a an option to work with uh, within Windows ninety eight mode, so I can play Star Trek Armada two. Then, then that's fine. Yeah, I'm still in the AstraZeneca trial, and my blood hasn't hasn't uh, turned solid yet, so I guess I'm good to go. So you haven't started bleeding out of your eyeballs and craving human flesh. Well, apparently, <laughs> I love the Jeremy Clarkson from uh, Top Gear and now the Grand Tour joke that he got the AstraZeneca vaccine in right. Britain. Right. He said my blood's still liquid, so I guess it works. You're the <laughs> stupid thing about <laughs> well. So apparently, 30 people got blood clots of the five million users. Oh. But here's the thing, though. You're more likely to have a blood clot not taking the AstraZeneca vaccine by those numbers. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So you got it's 30 like... people out of 5 million. Yeah, right. that's nothing. That's you know, You're completely yeah. outside. Right. Right. Thank God for those <laughs> statistics. And Britain's like, yeah, go ahead and take it. It's the way it works. It's, there's no... Any side effects are like a pure, like, so they're, you're less, they're less dangerous to get in COVID. Yeah, don't be a one. wanker. Okay. Yeah. Don't be a sod. Don't be a geezer. <laughs> Trying to think of some Australian saying my dad uses, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Let us. Okay, what's the equivalent of sod in in, Austra- in Australian? Uh, honestly, it says uh, quit fucking around half the time. That's most of what he said. Okay, <laughs> I'm down okay. with that. Well, of course, they're, they're, I think the biggest insult you could call someone a kiwi because they hate New Zealanders. I, I've I've heard mixed opinions <laughs> on that. It's like kind of a friendly rivalry. Like I've talked to I've talked to Australians and they've been like, no, nah, mate, we're all good with the Kiwis. We're fine. <laughs> and I've spoken with with New Zealanders and they've been like, no, 
<laughs> the difference between New Zealand and Australia is the difference between London and Moscow, right? <laughs> Think about that. Think about well, the cultural shift in between. We are a different people. Oh, yeah, because New Zealand was a proper colony and Australia was the prison colony. They always bring that up. Oh, they always throw that in their face? Yeah. That, oh, you guys are the descendants of a bunch of prisoners. And truth be told, my, I am one as well. I've seen the warrant. <laughs> yeah. So when they all get together for the Commonwealth Games, uh, the Kiwis are throwing that into the Aussies' faces. Oh, yeah. They, they, they like, it's almost like a snobbish thing about them. But all of my, uh, my uncle David said one of the best things ever was during the Rugby World Cup, Australia was facing New Zealand, and they beat them. And New Zealand always acts like, oh, we're so more cultured. But on the front page of like New Zealand, like their version of the New York Times, when they lost to Australia in the Rugby World Cup, it just said bugger. <laughs> <laughs> they just went, bugger! <laughs> like it's like the worst, it's like worse than death that we lost to Australia in rugby. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I almost uh, filed for New Zealand citizenship in 1988. Huh. Yeah, I had like balls rolling and uh, paperwork going, and that's not a joke. And I'll say it's a beautiful country. It's, 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 yeah. it's got, they got practically everything down there. It's great. You forget. Yeah. That's why Lord of the Rings filmed down there, because they had practically every setting they needed to. Yeah, also because the New Zealand government bent and broke all of their labor and wage laws, uh, federal protections in order to get that movie made down there. Because Hollywood was like, no, nah, we ain't playing by your socialist rules, okay? We're going to pay you less than Hollywood to do it down here. And their federal government said, yes, yes, we'll do that. Lindsay Ellis does a three-part series on The Hobbit. I'm sorry. I'm not going to put this in the show. We tried to start a revolution, but we didn't print enough pamphlets. <laughs> was it The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? You the... tried to say something nice, Wheatley, and I shit on it. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Well, of course, Peter Jackson's a Kiwi, too, so he's a bit... He's... No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It came to The Hobbit, not 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 Lord of the Rings. It was The Hobbit series. Oh, yeah, well, there, oh you get into the, the making of The Hobbit. There's, oh, there's so much bad blood all over the place over there. Yeah, there was like, a lot of bad blood, yeah. Like how like, Gamil de Toro got screwed over when he, was, when he was supposed to be the original director? Faith in a faithful continuation, you know? Like knowing that Lord of the Rings, that we're going to be continuing with that same level of quality and storytelling. If Guillermo del Toro had been a part of that, then King Kong was a part of the whole legal problem. And Peter Jackson thinking, like, you should have paid me more money. And if you look at the paperwork oh, yeah. and maybe have an opinion, I do. And, yeah. And then it was postponed. But then the whole goddamn thing looked like a video game, dude. It looked like a video game. They took what should have been two movies, stretched it out into three, made me fall asleep. Had to make up a character to, to fill time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Her, that whole... I like, uh, golly, I can't remember the... Uh... Evangeline Lee, yeah, uh, Wasp, yeah. You're saying her character, her character is not a Tolkien, Com completely made up. Really, not even uh, the Cimmerillion? that the plot and everything. She was 100 percent Hollywood, completely made up. And then you go like, wait, you made three movies and you had to make up a character to fill space. You're yeah, you really stretched it here. So oh, whereas well, you watch sure. Lord of the Rings, they did as much as they could. They still cut characters out of that movie. Oh yeah, justifiably so. I would argue. I, 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 dude, hey, I've gotten into fights with motherfuckers that are like, yeah, but they cut Tom Bombadil. And I was like, you're goddamn, <laughs> was just a you're goddamn fucking right they cut Tom Bombadil. <laughs> they cut him twice, motherfucker. And you know what? It was the right choice. 
Yeah, for the movie, it was a perfect decision. <laughs> I was just about to say hashtag justice for Tom Bombadil. I don't hear Tom Bombadil complaining about it. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. so maybe we'll see a Tom Bombadil extra super deluxe cut of that someday. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag release the Bombadil cut. Okay, I'm not going that far. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> Tom Bombadil, you know what, whatever. Tom Bombadil's fine. Wheatley, you uh, were saying. If you ever listen to the uh, commentary tracks, when they get the Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh, and uh, there's their producing partner on there. At one point, Peter Jackson goes, maybe we should go back and reshoot the Tom Bombadil and make an extended, even longer version. And Fran Walsh is like going, tell him to stop, tell him to stop. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> even though everyone agrees that Lord of the Rings is one of their best experiences ever making a movie or anything, they don't want to ever do it again. No. It's like, no, that was a year and a half of my life. Great, I did it. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Good everyone, I'm Tyler Butler, joined by my brother Josh Smith. You're now rocking with the best, which is enough with the BS podcast. Here we recap the best sports stories of the week while taking the BS out of it. Hope you're ready to learn and laugh. Now let's get it. I have just had my second shot. And so, you know, and she's getting her second shot pretty soon. So we are planning to be out in the world right <laughs> oh my god the hypocrisy the way i mean your 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 values don't flip 180 degrees but they definitely flip like 120 <laughs> like now that i have my second shot i'm moving around more oh we were at a puppy class because you have a new puppy yeah, because of our new hubby. It, it, it's, there a was show, a it's a show pony it is Melissa. yeah absolutely no honey they were being taught how to act like puppies <laughs> what so you know we're we're pretty social distance and stuff and they they were like oh you know if you don't want to wear your mask like we took off a mask you know there but you know there was like 10 feet in between us and i was like Woo! I'm a bad girl. <laughs> no, it's like just, it's like the equivalent of a Victorian lady showing a little ankle. Ooh. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, everyone that was in our class, pretty much everyone there was vaccinated, if not yes. everyone, because we had vaccine chat like early on. Yeah. Vax chat. Oh shit! Vax chat. Hey everybody, <laughs> patent pending. Okay, copyright. Uh, R is it an R or C with a circle around it? C with a circle around it. Yeah, Vax chat. Uh, <laughs> dot Vax chat at Vax chat pod. We have our vaccines. You guys are vaccinated now. I'm vaccinated. She gets vaccinated. My second shot is in what two weeks? I think two weeks. I'm ready to, I'll fucking run around the world naked right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, I was following some Dragon Con stuff on Reddit, and people having discussions, like, man, is this thing going to happen? And, da, da, da. and then everybody was just like, hey, if the pace of people are getting vaccinated, it's going to yeah. be on. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna. It's not going to be the full-on, full-on of years past. It's going to be, um, actually, it's, it's, they announced that, uh, they are going to lean pretty heavily into Dragon Con TV. Yeah. 
uh, and what that is and what they realized that to be last year, uh, along with a totally live con. Like, like yeah. in person, like we can spit in each other's mouths. Fucking happy new year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just whatevs. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we, I, the one thing that we're lacking right now is our tickets. We hit, ha- we have bought our first class plane tickets. Fucking we have booked the hotel. We haven't paid for it yet, but we have booked it. But you booked it. You know, so we are ready. Awesome. Yep, we're, I, I, we'll I mean, be we've there. both been approved. For time off at work, so yes. <laughs> either way, we're gonna be in fucking Atlanta. Yeah, so. you are. Yeah, you are. Thunder talk, full force. Yeah. Mark Anthony and I have a room uh, in the executive floor uh, over at the uh, Hyatt Regency. Yeah, balcony and everything. It's a king bedded room. So Mark gets the bed when Mark wants the bed. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Anthony and I sleep on air mattresses. So everybody don't think it's all caviar wishes and fucking Dragon Con dreams. If it was, there'd be like three king size beds. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And we would all be wearing our, our like a crown, but like Jughead style. You know what I'm saying? No. It's like, how is he keeping it on there? And why is he fucking wearing it to begin with? It's bobby pins. It's got to be. I mean, or if it was like truly pimped out, it would have like just one room would just be one giant bed, like wall oh, to wall. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's boss yeah. thinking right there. Just one big bed. Yeah. All just like silk satin sheets, you know, too many pillows. <laughs> Pillow and, fights every night. Yeah. Exactly. And whenever they have to clean this room, they just throw everything away. Yeah, exactly. No, they just fucking, yeah, they just toss it over the balcony because we're on the executive level. Nothing nothing lives below that. That's where we yeah. throw our well, detritus I mean, and such. Yeah. I mean, a room like that would clearly be on the penthouse. So, and everybody below you is, you know, beneath it's, you. So. It's been- <laughs> Uh, yeah, so look at us. Uh, look for uh, look for Thunder Talk uh, the Hyatt. The, I, people will see us. People will see us. us. Yeah, and yeah. The, and then they'll hear they'll and I'm sure the way they will see us is they will see this random Dan <laughs> just <laughs> cargo Dan shorts appear. and old man floppity flu pat glasses his, 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 his earbuds or something in a microphone yeah. in his you. hand Fuck. it'd just be like hey <laughs> don't forget the fanny pack yeah hey i'm not gonna just fanny we love a fanny pack i wear fanny packs you know. all the time yes beth and kavika gave me the emotional excuse courage. and courage thank you uh validation you to get a fanny pack uh, fanny packs are the bomb fanny yeah. pack wasn't on my list i wasn't thinking fanny pack and it was the two of you in your dragon con for better or worse remember that episode yeah <laughs> how to how to survive at dragon con everybody go check out our two, the august yeah. 2019 dragon con for better or worse uh yeah. ben Kavika will tell you how to do this i really hope i included like you know some water bottles full of whiskey <laughs> yes i think you yeah. did yeah. <laughs> of scotch so <laughs> the, there are there are important things Wait, weren't you chugging on monkey juice when we met a monkey shoulder yeah monkey just, shoulder yeah fucking devil worship dude this year i might i might go with the old forester and uh old forester original batch bourbon oh there we'll you go see. There you original go. what bourbon 
it's uh it, it's batch. like batch. Oh, oh, okay. So original like... bitch bourbon. <laughs> no, actually, I I heard vag, but <laughs> oh no, it's it's actually it's really tasty. It is, I I think, but it's sweet. Where whereas the scotch that I usually drink is dry and light. Like this is more like sweet and you know, well, not not really smoky. More of a more of a thinking person's scotch. <laughs> Thunder talk exclusive. <laughs> Tonight we gather not to mourn Gunnam Down, but to praise Gunnam Down and celebrate the ninth anniversary of the release of their EP, Stabber Cadabra. The Hema California supergroup consisted of Brian Flores, lead guitar, Dustin Mingus on drums. Wyatt Cadenhead on bass, uh, my brother, Dirt Reynolds on rhythm guitar, and the man responsible for putting so much thunder into all this talk on more episodes than I can count, Davey, the good Dr. Adams, on Vox. What's up, dude? How's it going? It's going all right, man. Going all right. How you been? I've been doing okay. Not too bad. Very cool. Very cool. So you, uh, you just, uh, you're wrapping up college right now and you're gonna, well, you're, you're gonna be a bona fide archaeologist. I sure am, yeah. It's uh actually it's not a, a popular thing to say, but COVID actually worked out pretty well for me because I was able to go back to school and finally finish my degree. Right on. Well, hey, you know, lemons in the lemonade. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're gonna have you back on. We're gonna talk about all of your exciting upcoming adventures, digging in the dirt and letting us know where 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 we've been. All right. I wanna talk about Gunnam Down. Now mm-hmm. this this band for all of you out there, there's a little town called Hemet, California. I mean, if you have some kind of idea or concept of California, fucking flush that shit down the toilet because we're talking about Hammond. <laughs> yeah. Small town band with a big ass sound. You know, we didn't record a whole lot while we were together, but we played a lot of shows and we always tried to like put on a really good time for everybody. You've brought so much to Thunder Talk. Hip hop. I know you mess with metal, soul, yeah. electronica. And with this, we're talking straight up down and dirty rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd never really sang for a band before that point. Like I, I tried to make music for a while on my own, but, um, you know, most of the times where there'd be like bands of people I knew, the lead guitar player always wanted to be the singer. And so sure. nobody ever gave me a chance. And it wasn't until right. these guys actually hit me up on back on MySpace and, uh, huh. Colt, huh. I think it was like, sent me a message and I was like, I didn't know who the fuck these guys were. I was like, so I just ignored the message. And then my oh, brother, <laughs> my brother ended up talking to a Colt and was like, Oh yeah, they're looking for a singer and they want you to come try out. And I was like, what? I didn't know that was Colt. So I hit them up and went to band practice. And then after that I had the job. For everyone out there, Colt's been on the show before with his current band, uh, uh, the Howlin' Roosters. Mm. Colt is uh, a member of my family. And I know, uh, Davy and Colt are family, so I guess that makes you and I family, dude. I guess it does, yeah. Yeah, right on. Um, but I, I, I didn't get a birthday present last year. <laughs> I never buy a birthday presents for anyone, so don't feel bad. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Yeah, Colt Coons, everybody. Uh, he should be on the show right now, but he's kind of a punk. <laughs> That's fine. Local bands, small town bands. They, they come, they go, they die. Hmm. Why, why is that a bit of a trope, if you will? Like, what's the reality behind that? Well, I think it's tough, honestly. Like, you know, you have to have people that are committed to the band wholeheartedly. 
and uh you know life gets in the way a lot uh, especially with like work and then you have people that have kids and like that's essentially what broke up gun them down was that you know uh our drummer cody uh, original drummer cody leslie he was uh came from this kind of um psychobilly background and so he could play mm-hmm. like these fast intricate beats that nobody else could play and you know, he ended up having a couple of little girls and um just didn't have the time to commit to the band and when we tried to find somebody to replace him it was almost impossible because nobody could do what he did right. um, we did end up finding another drummer who um, we worked with for a little bit of time and recorded a little bit with him we adapted our sound to his style because he couldn't really keep up with the other stuff so we, right. we couldn't play the old songs anymore. And I, I think that happens with a lot of bands is you get situations like that where somebody gets a new job and then, you know, they have to they have to keep doing that. And you can't fill that hole or you don't really want to sometimes because like the band is about them, too. So, right. you know, it's, it's a tough thing. Sure. I hear that. Well, the album, the EP, I should say, Stabber is a little bit of magic right there. And yeah. it kind of it, it kind of the apex of the Hemacinto Valley sound. I'm not going to say it my opinion. No, bullshit. No. <laughs> you want to hear some good Hemet, head on over to Bandcamp. But where, where can everybody find that? Uh, so we have like we have the Stabber Cadaver EP up on Bandcamp. Um, so you can just search Gun em Down. If you want to go to the direct URL, you can do Gun em Down Official dot Bandcamp dot com. And there you'll find the Stabber Cadaver EP, which is just a short little demo we did, five tracks. And then we have one song called Coke Wolf that we did um, after Cody left the band with our newer drummer. And that one, right. I think, was really, really good. Like, we had high hopes when we did that one. And this this recording, it's just in the garage. You know, we just recorded on a laptop with a couple of mics. So it's the quality is not like you know super awesome or anything. That's why we don't really have it for sale. It's just you can go up sure. and listen to it. But I think it's what we would have ended up sounding like had we been able to stick around and keep it going. I mean, shit, man. The name alone, Coke Wolf. <laughs> I think uh, we're going to be laying some Coke Wolf on you tonight. Uh, the good doctor, Davey Adams. Where can we find you, dude? Where can, where, where can everybody be reminded, oh, shit, that's the guy that rocked out this episode and that episode of Thunder Talk? Uh, well, you can go to my band camp. Um, that's the good doctor official dot bandcamp dot com. I got all my stuff up there. Uh, the newest track I have is one I did uh, last summer. It's kind of like a rap one. I can't remember if we discussed it or not before. Cannabis Commander. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Ha- I wanted to have you back for that one too. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that later, everybody. It's, <laughs> it's that that should. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Cannabis Commander tonight. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do some Coke Wolf. <laughs> Always down for that.
is a 30-second ad spot to the Black Market Toast podcast, where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it as something completely new. What? Well, it means we either listen to or watch a movie or TV show or piece of music and then it's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter (laughs) well because it's fun okay listen to it on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on facebook or something hello it's melissa clink again and i'm here with uh an artist that uh, the artwork just kind of pulled me in and i need to talk to her so uh what is your name annalise cahill Annalise, and what is the name of your art studio? So I call it Art Elise. Kind of play on words, art, and the last bit of my name. <laughs> so. Uh, so tell us about your work. Tell us about what we're looking at here. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, you're looking at a bunch of owls with giant eyeballs. <laughs> well, hey, all you giant eyeball owl fans out there, head on over to Annalise's business we're gonna have all the stuff in the show notes and uh, definitely go check it out yeah and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of like artwork that's looking kind of like gothic but it's also like bright and it's like adorable and gothic at the same time so I, I think that's pretty cool and that just kind of drew me in and I've noticed you've done a few um, arts where you've taken uh, other characters and turned them into owls <laughs> oh yeah the fan art owls I mean People like that stuff nowadays, for sure. Like, they like the mixing up of the uh, fan art or whatever. So, I I think it's fun. Awesome. Uh, So, um, what inspires your art? Oh, I love owls, obviously. I love bright colors, but I also like darkness. I like contracts. I like creepy. I like beautiful. I love animals. uh, Contrast of texture and stuff like that. So, that's kind of... The, the effect is uh, pretty uh, spectacular, I'd say. It's it's definitely got that great mixture of bright and darkness mixed together. So, um, and where where can people find you uh, online? Okay, I have a Facebook page, Artelise A R T I E L I S. I'm terrible. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, I got your card. We'll put it up, yeah. too, for people. To... I have an Instagram, too, Creepiful Artelise, but that's really long to spell, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to let our uh, listeners know where to find you, because I, I, I think they would. this would be right up their alley. <laughs> be awesome. Cool. Awesome, and thank you for your time. <laughs> sure. Well, I found him. Captain Kirk. Admiral Kirk. Admiral Kirk. Dr. Crusher. Commander Crusher. People don't realize that Dr. Crusher held in the same rank as Riker. So, excellent. Commander Dr. Crusher. You guys, your cosplay is, is amazing. You want to go ahead and tell us about uh, what we're doing, uh, starting with you, Commander? Well, I'm donning the beautiful blue of Commander Crusher. Um, we. This is actually my first experience joining my family. Oh, cool. uh, we are Trekkies, definitely, but this is my first cosplay experience. So it's been a wonderful time, and I'm enjoying portraying this great character. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Your first time, very cool, very cool. So, but Captain and Admiral Kirk, you all been doing this for a minute. Well, actually, this is my first. Oh, oh my gosh. Well. Okay. All right. And uh, and our son wanted to wanted to have the whole family go. I said I would only go. If I was an admiral, right, and no one was ranked above me, so yeah, here I am. That's right. I'm, that's I'm right. good. And this is from my time frame. Oh no, that's that's the that, that's that's, that's the movie. This is 
That's the Rathacon on. That's that's the twenty sec third cent twenty latter twenty third century yep. Starfleet outfit. Yep, exactly. Yeah, crushing so, it. I was good with that. And uh, he was Data yesterday, and today he's the original Kirk. Oh, you know, I saw Data yesterday. Oh, did you? Now that we're was, doing OG yeah. Kirk. Oh yeah, I decided go out with the last hurrah of this amazing convention. Why not go with something classic everybody can relate to? So I decided don the yellow and become the captain. So hey, I mean, dude, and you're pulling it off beautifully. Hollywood, give give this guy a call. I'm telling you. So you got mom and dad hooked on this. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it's a great experience. I've been conning for about seven years now. Okay. So I've been to quite a few, but this is the first one I've been to where my parents came along. That's so awesome. That's so very very cool. So you've been doing this for a minute. I have been. Yes, um, I couldn't tell you for the life of me how many cons I've been to, but this is definitely up there with one of the biggest I've been to. Okay. A lot of them have been just little down-to-earth, the county is getting together con conventions. Right, right, right. Or just smaller state con conventions. But this, you know, a multi-state convention is really nice, and it kind of opens your eyes to really what it means to do a convention. You know, it's a great middle ground for people of all different walks of life, beliefs, whether they're religious, spiritual, political, or romantic, they all can just come together and relate to this one thing, and that is whether it's live action role play, or it's cosplay, or it's just walking around enjoying everybody else. And so I find that these conventions are a lot of fun, and they give you a chance to step out of your own skin for a day, lose track of reality, and just become something else. And kind of live the dream and it gives you the opportunity to meet your heroes in a way that's beautiful and hey mom and dad you did a good job you parents, did a good job with this one definitely so being uh that you're a total con veteran what's it been like getting back into the convention circuit the scene after a year plus of the pandemic and you know staying at home and all of that yeah it's definitely been very refreshing being locked in my home especially after graduating high school in 2020, it has been not very great because this is really where I'm happy, being surrounded by people where I can relate to them and we can just have a good conversation. And getting back into it has been very nice because it's given me an opportunity to revisit what I did all through middle school and high school and really get in touch with what has made me me growing up. So it's been nice. Very cool. Well, hey, thank you all so much. Uh, what, what's your name? I'm Joey Watts. Doug Watts. And Ilana Watts. Hey, we got the Wattses in the house, everybody. SC Comic Con. Thank you guys so much thank for you. your time. Appreciate it. For 500 years, Buck Rogers drifted through a world in which reality and fantasy merged into a timeless dream. So, you know, I, I love watching uh, Buck Rogers, right? I've been watching season one and two. Oh, whatever and... but whatever butters your bread, baby. <laughs> Bill Gerard, you met him. Right. 2019 right. Had, uh, November. Go listen to, yeah. We had a really cool conversation about why there wasn't a third season of uh, Buck Rogers. Right. And, you know, what happens to many, many science fiction shows is that it's budget of the show versus ratings. And, um, you know, Buck Rogers definitely did fall into that category. And he said that they had even pitched having the budget reduced for the third season. And NBC still said no. 
Well, I read a really cool interview because I think today is actually the 40th anniversary of the Buck Rogers series launch. Oh, no, we're kidding. Yeah, so there's a really good interview. Well, maybe I should maybe I should backtrack a little bit. Uh, I came across the article today. I don't know if today is actual the 40th anniversary, but you know, let's just say within a few days. Oh my God. Okay, dude, <laughs> what Mark is really saying is, yeah, Dan will probably have this goddamn episode out sometime in mid July. By the way, everybody, <laughs> what's the date today, honey? April 17th. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not going to edit that out. So, yeah, I, I understand. Thunder Talk is frictional. You can't rush perfection. You were Anyway, Mark, I apologize. You were saying. Oh, no problem. But with some pretty good insight, he said that there was an actor's strike and they lost one of their producers and they brought in a new producer and all of a sudden he wanted to make Buck, Buck Rogers sort of like Star Trek. Oh, you're talking about so the, instead the second of, season? Or? The second season. Dude, the yeah, second the second season. season of that show was not the first season, faux show. Right. And then they brought in the alien, Hawk. Oh, dude, that guy scared me when I was a kid. But Dune didn't. Who didn't? Dune. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a I'm a creepy weirdo. That's all about that whole whatever. But yeah, Fal- <laughs> Fal- the Falcon guy, when he yeah, showed Buck Rogers. The Hawk. The Hawk. Yeah. yeah. So Gil Gerard also said in this interview that... That meant the character Wilma Deering, played by um, Aaron Gray, would get less screen time. And, you know, of course, having them fly around on the ship just changes the format of the show. But to me, Hawk was brought on with all this great fanfare, and it didn't seem like that he had a lot to do on the series. No, other than forgive you know? Buck Rogers and continue being... He was like a Winter Soldier-like right. character. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I've been, we've been way into this whole Falcon Winter Soldier and... I'm going to equate everything to that. But no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Hawkman. It was like, you're, spo- you're supposed to be fucking digging on this guy, but you're right. asking yourself why. Well, he isn't exactly Sebastian Stan, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody's exactly Sebastian Stan. Mm. Yeah. No, it's this uh, Hawk guy. It felt like he was, a, he was like an unrealized Boba Fett. Yes. Like more, it was like Boba Fett, but TMI. You know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. So I thought it was kind of interesting to get a little bit more inside information of why that third season never materialized. Far beyond the world I've known, far beyond There's the show called time. Ride with Norman Reedus on AMC. It's a show about him riding bikes in different locales with sort of his semi-famous to really famous friends. And this season, I believe, is all in New Zealand. Hey! Yeah. And I'm guessing it's because that was, like, the safest place to film probably at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they managed They managed their COVID. Yeah, well. they whooped COVID's ass pretty handily. But the season premiere was with Josh Brolin, well, Thanos himself. Uh, and, yeah. they, and they went around a few spots in New Zealand, including Hobbiton. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as they were approaching one of the little hobbit holes, Josh Brolin said... Yeah, I'm just walking up to this. I'm half expecting Sean Astin to come out and say hey. And Norman was like, oh, have you ever met Sean Astin? And Josh Brolin was like, dude, we were in the Goonies together. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. I've always loved the story about how, you know when they see the pirate ship in the Goonies, it's, it, they made it to be a surprise so they get the honest reactions out of the kids? Mm-hmm. 
You ever heard this story? Hmm. Well, they they told them, go underwater, get your reaver in your mouth, and then when you turn around, we're gonna you'll see the pirate ship. And they made it, they wanted to be an honest reaction. They never showed us the set before. So all the kids get out, and every shot you see is them giving an honest reaction, except Josh Brolin, because his reaction was, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and Richard Gardner goes, cut! You can't say shit. This is a PG movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Brolin just goes, but that's a big fucking pirate ship, man. <laughs> you wanted an honest reaction. Yeah. And it was funny later on in that episode of Ride, like all these kids were running up to... Norman Reedus, because they recognize him from Walking Dead and all that, when they literally had Thanos, like, six feet away, and none of them, like, paid him any attention. Oh, well, you know, performance capture does that. And they couldn't see they couldn't see him in the Deadpool 2 because they're kids. Yeah, they didn't see him. Well, they couldn't see him in the PG-13 kid, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a... How, how's Chris- New Zealand's movie rating system? I don't know. Maybe, oh, well... Uh, I want to say they Australia is known for banning video games. Oh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Australia the, and Germany come down on those video games pretty hard. Right. Yeah, it was funny for a while there. They actually paid attention to them until someone did the math and realized, wait, most of our product gets sold to Japan and the United States, and they don't care or they have laws against banning them. So why were you listening to these little countries again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and right. they literally said you have to you have to change your video game for our country. No way, just won't sell it there. We just won't sell. Yeah, right. Your market uh, doesn't warrant us making yeah. any significant changes to it. And then the Australia, and then like Australia and Germany, had to start dealing with their citizens going, "Why can't we get these cool video games? What's wrong with you, asshole? <laughs> like, who are, who are you to tell us we can't have this? Why do you hate fun? Yeah, because I heard that that was a rumor for a while that GTA Five, the original, there was a six because the foreign market was keeping them from making it. And someone goes, no, GTA Online is making them so much money. They've told the guys making six, take all the time you need. <laughs> <It's> making- <laughs> right. I know, yeah, because it's coming on like eight years since GTA 5 released. And usually that's been like pretty close to their development cycle. Well, Online has just changed the game completely. They're still, rele- they're still releasing actual uh, D- DLC for GTA 5. I know. Like missions and everything, like yes. Yeah, like, Are we sure we haven't gotten GTA Seven already and just don't realize it? And maybe yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's all one big through line. <laughs> I know. It, it's just like you know the MCU; they're all sequels to Iron Man, but we just don't. <laughs> the NCAA this year. The men's workout facility was world-class and the women's workout space was a couple of fucking yoga mats and like those 10 pound purple weights. And that was it. From the very beginning, we're taught to discredit or look down on or at least put second women's sports. Well, also professional female sports would be a bigger draw for more women to want to be involved if they had the same opportunities as men. So I'm sure there are plenty of talented women that just don't go down that route because it's not as viable. Oh, oh yeah, it's not totally. profitable for them. They don't see that they can maintain a career. Because it pays shit wages. It pays yes, dick wages. Yes. If they saw that they could, you know, they could be uh, LeBron James pulling in those bucks, they'd be like, you know what? 
I'm gonna go fucking. I'm gonna get in that gym and I'm gonna hit that court. And even their even their swag bags were kind of half assed too. <laughs> oh, dude! The, the, from from start to finish, the whole thing was a a swindle. A fucking it was gross. It was absolutely gross. Yeah. You know what we also discourage. I played basketball from my third grade through eighth grade. And I had friends who never played basketball in any kind of youth sport capacity who are hardcore basketball fans. We don't cultivate a culture with children that women's sports are cool. Yeah. Shit. I've taken the kids to several Clemson, Clemson, Clemson women's yeah. basketball games. We're not teaching our kids to be fans like we do with the men's sports. If you really enjoy a sport, I mean, like I, I love roller derby. I would say it's the one sport that's different because the women have the biggest draw. But I mean, men are starting to catch up on on the draw to women. Honestly, though, I love watching co-ed roller derby because you get the balance. You get the women with the like slower strategy mixed with the men that are just like balls to the wall. I'm going to skate as fast as I can for as long as I can until I fall on my face. Until I crack something. Yes. And they usually do. They usually break something horribly, like almost debilitate themselves for the rest of their lives. Our good friend uh, Luna Shovgood of the Spartanburg Deadly Dolls broke her ankle or her lower, what was it, honey? Her lower tibia leg. Tib fib, probably. <laughs> it's a rough sport. I, I would like to see more co-ed sports. Um, they're always, you know, trying to divide, like... It's very weird to me that they always separate the sports in grade school and junior high and stuff. Like, why? If just just have a really big sports team, why can't the sports be together mm-hmm. and just whoever's you know? Yeah, the only time I played co-ed was t-ball, and once you grew out of t-ball, then it was all separated. Not even ultimate frisbee. Even till today, the stereotype is still perpetuated that women are somehow weaker than men. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. it wouldn't be fair to the women if we were on a team with men. You know, what does, like, so the the people that have that, you know, they, they, they put that in their head. There are, unfortunately, some women that perpetuate that and with some men in it. Oh, I hate, I hate that argument. You do run into these type of women that try to put other women down. Yeah. I try to make themselves feel better. Like that's the only way they, they're just those type of people, you know. And they're extremely competitive for no reason. (laughs) I consider myself a man's man. I consider myself uh, at least a seven and a half. Definitely. And I don't fucking need you to tell me I'm less. And honestly, in terms of averages, like I'm as good as it gets. So <laughs> sisters, you don't need to fight each other. Yeah. Okay. You don't need to be fighting because, because you're not fighting for much. Right. <laughs> I ain't fighting for him. <laughs> Straight up. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcons' physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comic Books podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. 
Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the big bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. It's like Thor and I are here in line at the Expo Cafe here at SC Comic Con at the, what, TD Convention Center? Yeah. Yeah, now at first, when the con was announced, it was stated that uh, it was going to be pretty limited. Uh, there wouldn't be any real food services. But since the vaccine rollout has been so successful, they've lifted uh, a lot of those precautions. Oh, yeah, and now we're just here in line grabbing some grub. I'm about to eat like a horse. Yes, yeah, yes you are. So these kind of things, these conventions, they don't happen in a vacuum. It takes a lot of people and a lot of hard work to make it happen. And we are here now with the, uh, the, the, the vendor, the cafe staff here at SC Comic Con at TD Convention Center. Uh, may I have your name, please? Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Well, good to meet you, Cleopatra. Nice to meet you, too. So what's uh, coming out of this whole funk? You know, with the COVID and all that, getting back into the uh, cafe services here at the con. What's what's it been like kind of jumping back into all this? Um, it's been a little strenuous, but I can say with the cosplay and everything, you know, seeing the different cosplays come in, it has been very interesting. Um, being able to interact with the people again, it's been, that's the best part, I guess you can say. Very cool, very cool. Has, has it been busy? Yes, extremely busy, extremely. Right. So what kind of precautions have you all taken here to, you know, keep everyone safe and all that? Um, we have the plexiglass, we have our mask. Every time we, you know, leave out from behind here, we have to wash our hands, sanitize, and change gloves. Um, basically with the numbers, we've started using the number system again so everybody that isn't crowded around and they can stand in their prospective areas. So it has been flowing pretty, pretty well, pretty well. So it's doing good. Very cool, very cool. So kind of feeling like we're getting back into the whole swing of things yeah yes sir definitely definitely well hey thank you for feeding all of us oh you're very welcome and thank you for coming oh absolutely thank you cleopatra nice to meet you you too all right we are joined by agatha the scarlet witch and Quicksilver, such an honor to have you guys on the show. How are you doing today? How's the con going? Oh, really good. <laughs> we're yeah, good. we're doing great. Doing great. Excellent, excellent. So tell us a bit about your cosplay. Mm. Well, I guess uh, we kind of decided on a group thing right after we watched WandaVision. We're like, okay, we have to do something because we're all friends. We like to cosplay. So it was the natural choice. And I gravitated towards uh, Agatha. I always like the villains. They're always more fun to play. Same. And Same. I guess it was a bit of a, a crunch throwing it all together in the, the right amount of time. I got a lot of help. Uh, but it came together, and I'm really excited about how it turned out. All right, excellent. Scarlet Witch, old school Scarlet Witch, OG. Yeah, I loved WandaVision, and I wanted to do something that both combined what her Halloween costume and also the original comics. So I changed the gloves and the head piece a little, and then the tights. And I gravitated towards Scarlet Witch because she's awesome, and I'm also an identical twin. My identical yeah. twin is Pietro. Yeah, so right. I did Quicksilver because I really liked him in the show, and I, I thought he was a unique character. Weird things happen. 
is and isn't him. But um, <laughs> I had a lot of fun, and because I have a twin sister, I was like, yeah, I can do that. And it was funny because looking at his outfit, I thought, this will be really easy. It was not easy, <laughs> and I was up till like midnight day before con trying to figure out the shirt. <laughs> Well, you nailed it. You nailed Thank it. Thank you. Very cool. So, we were just discussing this. There's, um, you know, people, again, because of the pandemic, you know, staying at home, everyone's just kind of getting back out there. What's been your experience as cosplayers, congoers, kind of getting back into that into that convention groove? Well, really, this is our first convention, I think, since the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, so it's been quite a while for all of us. So I think this is like the start of getting back into the groove. I guess they do uh, more cosplay stuff online and social media. I really don't. I'm pretty much only go to the events to do it. But uh, I think, yeah, it's really just kind of starting, just kind of waiting for things to <laughs> get back started again right. and really excited to get back into it. But I think this is at least the starting off point for me after the pandemic. Yeah, uh, I, I think like when the day starts at the convention, like you're a little bit nervous and because of the huge pandemic and you haven't spoken to anyone forever. But we just kind of like every time we got stopped, we would talk to people. And so we just kind of we got right back into it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was scared of COVID, but the numbers are going down. There's a vaccine now and cons were our entire life before COVID. Right. So we right when this one we heard about this one, we were like, we have to go. Jumped on it. Right, <laughs> right. So you have a social media presence. You guys, uh, you guys are also out there in the internet doing all yes, of this. What, yeah. what are, you, where can everyone find you? You can find me on TikTok at the two twin, which is T H E T E W T W I N, and I'm also on Instagram, and you can find that either a link in my TikTok, or it's Tomiki underscore cosplay. Very cool. Um, you can find me on TikTok as Hope2Cosplay, which is H-O-P-E, the number two, and then C-O-S-P-L-A-Y. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram as the same thing, but the two is spelled out. <laughs> okay, got it. Well, yeah, thank, you, thank you so much for, for jumping on the mic with us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, well, uh, SC Comic Con coming to a close. Melissa, tell us about your experience working the microphone and just, uh, you got a badass cosplay going. Well, thank you. I actually got several compliments on my costume today. Everybody loved it. Uh, everybody stopped me and told me they love my hat, which, you know, makes me feel good because I made it myself and I even used my mom's peacock feathers in there, so it's kind of like a tribute hat. <laughs> um, so yeah, that kind of, that, that was pretty awesome getting complimented. Um, well, you know, I just kind of threw stuff together and I, I was like, yay, people like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what cosplay is all about. Like, hey, like, like my costume. Yeah, well, and I like to like look at everybody else's costumes too. And you know, even I've had Kira asking me, hey, can, can I go tell that person that I like their costume? I'm like, yeah, go ahead, baby girl, go tell them. Yeah, so, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you have fun jumping on the mic? Uh, yeah, I, I found that I was pretty nervous as much as my interviewees were. But, um, you know, I think we did all right. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think you did a so, damn good job, baby. Damn my, good job. My biggest problem is coming to this thing with money in my pocket. So uh, I, I kind of bought more than I intended to. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, away from keyboard. <laughs> well, you look good, baby. I like your outfit. Thank you. Thank you. You're I, welcome. I, I like your outfit too. Oh, thanks. You, yeah. You look like you look like something that came right out of Stranger Things. 
Oh, well, yeah, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like a podcaster from the 80s, which is not a thing. Oh, you to talk to Adam? Yeah, so... What'd I just walk into? Uh, so, Adam, last day, uh, last hour, last ten minutes of SC Comic-Con. Final thoughts, Mr. Reigns? Um, it was awesome, and for the full thoughts, tune in to this episode's WTLK, The Thunder. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so either keep listening or you've already heard it. Depending on what order I slap all this together in. And depending on what dimension you come from. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Time and space varies from place to place. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so, on behalf of the ESO Network, Thunder Talk, Ring of Thunder, the best Saturdays of our lives podcast, we bid you all farewell from 2001 SC Comic Con. Kick butts, not nuts. What he said. Yeah. Hello, Thunderverse. I hope you've been enjoying our very special SC Comic-Con episode so far. Of course, you'll hear mostly Dan in the episode, because we all know how he loves to rattle on, but he was there both days really holding it down. I just wanted to take this section of the show I usually carve out for myself and share my thoughts on the whole experience. And this weekend was more than just a con weekend. It was a small part of a much larger story of the world going back to normal, I know I harp about that stuff a lot, but when you've spent like every day for the last 13 months thinking about going to SC Comic Con again, and Dragon Con again, and going to the movies again, and going to wrestling shows again, and going to haunts again, and going to Atlanta for miscellaneous but still fun reasons again, I can't help but keep the larger perspective, especially when all these things I've thought about actually become reality again. And with the perspective and punchy optimism comes the acknowledgement that not everything is coming back. There have been so many lives lost, businesses closed, one-time opportunities missed, and we carry that with us for the rest of our lives the best we can while fighting like hell to get back what we can. And that's not an exaggeration. For me, it's actually been a fight to get at least some of this back. And it's not simply just sit on my hands and wait for it to come back. I mean, you'd think, but of course, 13 months of waiting is also quite the fight in and of itself. And all of that is exactly why it was that much more meaningful to get my Roman Reigns cosplay together and walking into the convention center and eating that half pound Angus cheeseburger and seeing all the cool stuff at the vendor tables and all the cosplayers and having the opportunity to interview the people we did on the show floor. And I believe you'll hear it mentioned somewhere in the show, but I want to draw attention to something we noticed when trying to get these interviews. We got a lot of good interviews, but people weren't as eager to jump on the mic as in years past, even with Thunder Talk's credibility game gone up. And that's absolutely no fault of their own. A lot of people have legitimately been in isolation for the past year, which I've been conscious of, even though I only ever stayed in true isolation for maybe the first five months. I've been stupidly familiar with large gatherings for the past six months, and don't confuse familiar with comfortable. 
that might imply it was actually somewhere I wanted to be. So far, for me, it was nothing new, but for them, it was Neo being released from the Matrix level of eyesore. So just be aware of that as you go through your year and eventually go to big events like concerts or conventions that for a lot of people, that will be their first time really getting out there since the pandemic began. Hell, that could be your first time getting out there, to which I would say to you, you are definitely not alone in that struggle. Dan and I sure as shit had to shake some ring rust off, at least professionally. And all in all, it was a great time, and I'm glad it finally happened. If you didn't feel comfortable going just yet, absolutely no one could blame you, and we hope to be able to talk to you as soon as you're ready again. With that said, we definitely commend Robert Young and the whole SC Comic-Con team for pulling off this event that was as, as safe as it was fun. Those few hours that I spent will mean more to me than you could possibly know, even though I conveyed it as best I could in this segment. Of course, I wish I could have spent more time at the con and been more on top of my game, but it's all a whole process and I expect to be back in prime 2019 form when we return April 9th and 10th of 2022. Or hell, maybe I end up even better than my 2019 form. Because life is about growth. It's about change. And we don't want to be like Loki and seem to just want to stay the same. All that said, drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Whatever it takes. Positive than a new day pancake. More fun than a super kick party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well, you know the rest of Thunder Talk. Sexy Thor! It's the Ring of Thunder found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. My name is Mark McCray, and I'm the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. I'm Dan Klink, co-host of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives features programming trends from the 1966 television season all the way through the last hurrah of the early digital age of the 1990s. On the show, if it's animated, we talk about it. Order your signed copy today at tbsool.com. And listen to the podcast at esonetwork.com and all podcast platforms. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, definitely. Wrap it up. Mark. Music. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In fact, you know what? Let's do a little piano ditty that signifies that we're on our way out. (laughs) Um, Anthony. You, you you are as Ronan. You wander the earth as samurai. You don't really have a social media thing, right? No, no. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm off the grid. Okay, I, cool. I'm, I'm Roy in this bitch. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you and I you and I did have a Battletech game uh, on in on my back patio on the ground about 10 years ago. Did I pass that aggressively I, cheated in that? I've got totally a couple unactive. of questions. <laughs> I got a couple of questions about. I still got some fucking beef about. So. I know, I know. And I, I, I apologize 10 years ago for 10 years of running that I, that I messed up on Indirect Gauss Fire. Cannon doesn't fucking generate heat, dude. It's too late to apologize. It does one Gauss, heat. Yeah, but not 15. It's too late. But not 15. Indirect Fire. It was Indirect Fire that was the issue. 
That is true. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I think you're right about that. We'll settle it I'm, again at some point. Yes. I can't uh, believe you're still talking about a game from 10 years ago. Oh, Dude, yeah. Hey, that you, was a game. You fucking butt out of this. You butt out of this. Uh-oh. <laughs> Kavika. Uh, internet. Internet. Like, Find me at k to say rambles on on the Twitters. Uh, Twitch. Uh, I usually moderate for Beth. And... Twitch.tv slash no Oklahoma. Hey, yeah, hey, we're going to hey. come back. Oh, and guess what? My friend, my lovely friend, Rainbow, she hooked me up with a puppy cam. So there will be puppy cams oh, coming shit. back to hey, stream. Hey. When I come back to stream, I'm going to... Gosh, I should stream soon, but uh, I have to work late tomorrow. Gross. So we'll... I'll be coming back to streaming very soon now that the puppy's like more potty trained and we have a puppy cam. I mean, you have to see him. You have to he's see the puppy. I've seen the puppy cam. He's a terror, but he's so freaking cute. So puppy cam. Is it going to be a separate? Is it separate than Oklahoma.twitch? No, no. He'll just be like part of my streams. Like while I'm streaming, there will be a second camera just on Riker. It's his own puppy <laughs> cam. He has his very own camera. <laughs> Same channel though, right? Yeah. All It'll all be on my channel. And then of course, like if I go to the restroom or something, I can just put like puppy cam up full screen puppy so cam. people can enjoy the, the puppy goodness. There it is, dude. Such puppy goodness. The best puppy goodness. It's like you rub your front teeth with it. You're like, oh, that's pure. <laughs> My face is numb. Mm. He's, he's pretty cute. My face cute. is numb. Yeah. Puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, best Saturdays of our lives, the book. Yeah. So uh, to order a copy, uh, you can go to the best Saturdays of our lives.com, tbsool.com, order a signed copy. I, I will throw in. Uh, um, a magnet as well as um, a couple of stickers. You can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Mark McTeesoul. That's M-A-R-K-M-C-T-B-S-O-O-L. And on Instagram, it's just Best Saturdays of Our Lives. Um, and also on Facebook. And also a proud member of the ESO Network, um, the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as well, co-hosted by, hey, that guy that just asked me all these hey, things, Dan Clank. That guy over there. Dan Clank, this guy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, sexy, sexy, where, uh, where can you be found? Well, I tried to start a revolution, but I didn't print enough pamphlets, so nobody really showed up, except my mom's boyfriend, who I hate. This darn New Zealand thing's gonna stick to this. At least one Taika thing in a New Zealand discussion. Piss off, ghost! Well, you can find old Sexy Thor at the Ring of Thunder podcast, the best wrestling podcast anywhere around the Thunderverse. And you can find said podcast on the socials Ring of Thunder altogether on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And email Ring of Thunder stuff over to Ring of Thunder podcast at gmail.com. I guess you can find my personal socials on Facebook and Instagram at ThunderTalkThor, but this isn't about the Adam Weston part. It's about Sexy Thor taking over. And overall, you can just find Sexy Thor deep within the fabric of the entire Thunderverse. And we're on all of your... Wherever you get podcasts from, I don't I don't listen to podcasts, so I don't know where you would find them, but we're probably there. <laughs> Rude. Melissa, you got any URLs? 
what, what's where's your vlog? Where's my vlog? Yeah. Uh, in our bathroom most of the time. Yeah. 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 I'm uh, best vlogging there myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, while I'm in the shower talking to the shower head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, you, you, usually you can find me at Studio D and basically nowhere else. <laughs> hey, bam! You can also find Dan at Studio D and fucking absolutely 100% guaranteed nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. You help me do some fold, 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 fold some laundry. Yeah. <laughs> fold the laundry. JT Wheatley, History of Comic Books. Guy, where can everybody find you, JT Wheatley? You can find me on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spreaker. <laughs> what do they type in? History of Comic Books podcast. And of course, look on all your usual uh, podcasting formats iTunes, Spreaker, Libsyn. Uh, Stitcher, all those uh, formats. And I'm also on Facebook, a History of Comic Books uh, podcast page. And I'm also on Twitter, at History of Comic Books. Just look me up there. Yeah, hey, this guy This guy knows what he's talking about. All right, any of you want to say something silly or do you guys want to say goodbye? Say goodbye. Say goodbye to the audience now. Good night. Goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. We love you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Thunder Talk. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Mic drop. Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop, starring Beth Allo, Adam Wedston. Melissa Klink, Kavika Allo, J.T. Wheatley, Mark McRae, Anthony Arbizo, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Hey, there it is. All right. Beth knew exactly when to harpoon that show, man. <laughs> like, Hell <bam>. yeah. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to share with Mark real quick that uh, today I took home a miniature Shiro pop signed by Tom Cook. Oh, very cool. Very cool. We're going to lean into that hard about today. Let's get on in a second. Let's let Mark finish uh, yeah. Mark's thought. I, I was done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.